The Hazy Podcast is brought to you by EK the DJ and Michael Reed. Join them each season as they discuss the adventures contained in various audiobooks. This season, they'll be providing reactionary commentary on the So I Got Hazed audiobook by Michael Reed. October 20th, our first scavenger hunt. Since we've been pledging for almost two months, the events were starting to become narrowed down and much more physically involved. We went from doing some running around, bitching about not getting Wendy's over Burger King, and going for long walks, to getting up in the early morning for hazing, having to embarrass ourselves in front of strangers, and worse. We were becoming smarter, and when we interviewed brothers, we were always sure to throw in little asides, asking what or when the next event was. We'd always try to figure out what the next event was going to be, what it consisted of, and any hints or tricks we could use to make it easier. On this particular night, we thought we were going to be doing the sweetheart event, but we were fooled once again. The sweetheart event wasn't going to be until the following week, just before a mega Sig H Halloween party. The brothers were preparing for the party a week in advance, so they decided to have us do a simple event on this night. The brothers said we weren't supposed to have an event at all, but we knew that wasn't true. That same day, a few brothers told Tony and I that our pledge class wasn't even close to sweetheart night. They told us that we still had months of pledging left. Pledging was turning into such a mindfuck. From that point on, I only believed that some things were going to happen when they happened. I couldn't invest myself emotionally into events, invitations, or what-ifs in life because they could be taken away at the last minute. My easy-come, easy-go sort of mentality had developed. We were called to the house with no preparation because in the pledge meeting the Sunday a few days earlier, LT said we did not have an event that week, but I suppose that was bullshit. We figured we would have to do something horrible anyways when he said, That time still belongs to Sig H, though, so don't think you can run away after the library and not pick up your phones. When we showed up to the chapter house, LT wasn't there. Neither were any happy faces. Instead, it was our friends, with mean faces, Chippy and Eric. They said they had a list of things they wanted us to find. We had two hours to find as many items as we could from a list of 25. They told us that since some of the items on the list were personal, we could return them to their owners after the event was over. We needed about one item every five minutes, which included the running around time looking for the items. I wasn't even a little excited. Although scavenger hunts were usually fun, I had hoped that it would have been sweetheart night and not a shitty scavenger hunt. With all of the running around that we had been doing, and all of the resource building we were forced to do, we were starting to become pros at the whole scavenger hunt thing. The most fun part about scavenger hunts was that we could essentially put all embarrassment aside if we had any shame left in us by this point, and we could get away with practically anything. Coupled together with being in Radford meant we were in a no-holds-barred event. The list. 1. A Rubik's Cube. 2. 20 unique porn pictures. 3. 10 different types of condoms. 4. 5 pennies from 1928. 5. A pair of women's panties. 6. 5 different color markers. 7. A garden gnome. 8. A black dildo. 9. 4 AA batteries. 10. A pumpkin. 11. Surf wax. 12. One bottle of ketchup. 13. One set of salt and pepper shakers. 14. Hot sauce. 15. Ten different types of beers must be unopened bottles. 
16. An empty keg shell. 17. Five blank CDs. 18. Dog treats. 19. A Delta Mu kitten. 20. One yellow crayon. 21. Five nasty voicemails left by girls. 22. Four disposable razors. 23. Weed. 24. A menu from a local bar. And 25. A used tampon. Okay, so... <laughs> um, I feel like you, you have this list written down in front of you. Do I? Do you, yeah. Uh, I can pull it out of the book right now, yeah. Or open up my pledge book. Okay, because we, we, we really should go down this list. Because I'm pretty sure I could tell you whose idea a lot of these items were. <laughs> okay, stand by. All right, for anybody that's uh, reading their book at home, this is page 187. 187. Do you have your book? Uh, it's in my office. You should just go grab it, then you can look at the list. I yeah, can I edit this. All right, let's go over this list. Okay. I think the Rubik's Cube is because someone took mine. So, number one was so that you could t take and replace something for yourself. Right. I, I'm fairly certain that's where that came from. 20 unique porn pictures, definitely chippy, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, as, as same with the 10 different types of condoms. Um, <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to find 10 different types of condoms back in 2004? What's that? Back in 2004, to try to find 10 different types of condoms was actually a, a, an extreme challenge. Yes. Uh, the five pennies from 1928, that is, uh, that was just something that was a throwaway, right? So, like, 77 was the, 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 the big year for my pledge class. Okay. Like, that's, we had, we, uh, we had to find pennies from 77. I gotcha. A uh, um, pair of women's panties. I think we had to do that one too. Some of these things, like you inherited, like we we had to we had to find some of these things. Okay, you definitely asked for a garden gnome. That that's you right there. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, a black dildo. I'm also thinking was you because uh, most most likely a lot. Like I said, <laughs> a bunch of these things, a bunch of these things were inherited. Surf wax. Like, that would have been chippy. Uh, probably, yeah, probably Chippy, or, 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 um, uh, oh, why can I, why am I blanking on this brother's name? Uh, a bottle of ketchup, one set of sea, uh, salt and pepper shakers, and was, hot yeah, sauce, that's you for your apartment? Needed, yeah, we needed that for the kitchen. Uh, same with five blank CDs, I assume, and an empty keg shell. Uh, the empty keg shell we probably needed for the frat house for, the, uh, for a party. <laughs> ten empty beers, or ten different beers, excuse me. Yeah, ten different types of beers must be unopened bottles, too. That was definitely for Chippy, because uh, I wasn't real picky about beer. Uh, dog treats, so that was for you, for us? <coughs> oh, yeah. That was snacks for you guys. Delta Mew Kitten, was that just to torture us to try to steal from a sorority? Uh, yeah, probably. We, uh... It, a lot of sorority interaction was on purpose. Like, like anytime you needed to get something from a sorority, or like it was always to get you guys interacting with the girls, and that that was like what we handed down, right? So, so uh, it's all about like five nasty voicemails left by girls. 
I think I think the nasty voicemails were supposed to be like dirty talk, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was probably that was probably uh God, that was probably both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Four disposable razors. I think I was still clean shaven back then. That might have been me. No, you made us use them. Oh, for your legs, right? Armpits. Armpits? I knew it was something like that. <laughs> uh, weed, a menu from a local bar, and a used tampon. Uh, the used tampon is like supposed to be one of those things that you're not supposed to be able to get. Well, like, we were the best pledge class for a reason, bro. <laughs> Ugh, gross. And back to the story. Back to the story. James, John, and I ran back to Muse, and Tony ran back to Moffat. When we hit the courtyard, James ran for his room, and Knowles and I ran towards our rooms. We told James to meet us back in the courtyard in a few minutes. We ran up all four flights of stairs and down the hallway towards our room. Jeannie yelled, No running, guys! from her room as we ran by. When I ran into my room, I quickly slid open my closet door. Paul was on his computer and he peeked around the corner with curiosity and said, I thought you had a fraternity thing tonight, bud. As I answered, I do, I'm on a scavenger hunt. I poured hundreds of coins all over our floor. It sounded like someone had turned on a waterfall made of coins. Paul said, holy shit, dude, are you going to clean that up? What are you looking for? Maybe I can help. We have to find five pennies from 1928, I said. Why? Paul asked. A scavenger hunt? I guess that's the year our fraternity was. Yo. So that reminded me. 28 might have been the year the fraternity, the national fraternity was founded, and 77 was the year it was started at Radford. Gotcha. Founded. Can you help me? I asked. Paul got off his chair and got on his knees with me and helped sort through change. While we were sorting, John swung around the corner and asked, Did you find any yet, Strikes? I found two, man. That's the best we got. Let's move on. What else do we need? John showed me the list again. I grabbed a bag of disposable razors, put some weed into a tiny baggie from my big baggie, and grabbed two half-dead AA batteries out of my computer mouse. I'll grab two more batteries. Oh, and I got a black dildo, John said proudly, as if it was in his drawer. Where in the fuck did you get that? Who would give that thing to you? I asked. She told me not to tell. John replied. Was it Tara's? I asked, knowing it was. No, John said, but I could tell he was lying because he was holding back a laugh. You only know two girls that would give you that thing, John, and I know Autumn doesn't use them. I stopped my badgering because it was unimportant to our main goal. You don't have to tell me, man. Let's just find the next thing on the list. John and I went into Autumn and Tara's room, where I begged Autumn for her nastiest pair of underwear. I asked her for a nasty pair, because I figured the brothers were going to destroy whatever we brought back. I didn't want the brothers to destroy anything valuable that belonged to someone else other than myself. She wouldn't give me any, because she said that all she had was sexy panties. She said that John had already been in their room, asking for items on his list. I feel like John and I became roommates with everybody on our floor. Like, we were friendly as fuck with everybody. That we could just walk into the room and be like, hey, can you give me some panties? That's when I was sure he asked Tara for that dildo. Please, guys, just a pair of panties. I'll make sure you're treated like queens at our next party. Please? 
Tara smiled and walked over to her drawer. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, I exclaimed. She pulled out the nasty panties all right, some nasty granny panties. She said, here you go. I know you two, so I don't expect them back. You owe us one night of being treated like queens. Deal. Thank you, guys, John said. John and I started to race down the hallway when Paul peeked out of my room and said, Dude, what about your change? God damn it, I said to myself. I couldn't just leave that shit there. I ran back and with one good soccer kick, kicked the pile of change under my computer desk. I jumped down on all fours and pushed the remainder of the pile under the desk as well. Thanks, man, Paul said. No problem, dude. Wish me luck. I turned to the door where John was tapping his foot waiting for me. Come on, man, let's go, he said in a frustrated tone. John and I raced down to James's room, taking the stairwell by my room. This way, we didn't have to hear Gina bitch at us for sprinting. Then we ran across the first floor and out into the courtyard outside of Muse, where we met James. I got two, James said proudly, as he held open his hand to reveal two pennies. Anything else? I asked. I figure you have the weed strikes? James laughed. Of course, I replied, grinning back. We showed James everything we had found. Since there was only one list, we knew Tony had probably only found one or two things on the list. We head over to Moffat Hall, where Tony was working on some of the other items on the list. While we were in Moffat, I saw a nativity scene for Thanksgiving that was coming up in a few weeks. It had a tiny little fake pumpkin in it, besides some fake corn and other symbolic Thanksgiving items. I grabbed the pumpkin and shoved it in my pocket. Pumpkin, check, Knowles! I shouted to John, who was still walking down the hall and didn't realize I had stopped to rob a Thanksgiving display. After we left Tony's dorm, we head to the local bar to get a food menu. We knew that it was going to take some talking to even get into the bar to get the menu. When we got there, we recognized the bouncer. He came by our parties often, so when we explained that all we wanted was a menu, he said, Okay, wait here. Just around the corner, though, because you guys shouldn't be in here. We waited in the front lobby, and within seconds, he delivered us a menu. I don't expect you guys to bring it back, but if you could, that would be awesome. Thanks, and good luck on your scavenger hunt. We raced out the door with our backpack of goodies loaded up. It took us a while to get everything, but we did it utilizing every resource we had. With a little time to spare, we raced back to the fraternity house, where Chippy and Eric were waiting for us in the Malt Liquor Monday bar room. They were taking bong hits and drinking beers together. When we came in, they immediately yelled, Put your noses against the wall and let's see what you got. John handed them the bag and they went through everything, item by item. They seemed surprised that we were able to get some of the items. They put everything back into the bag so we could return items, such as the dildo. There was no hazing. There weren't any repercussions for missing any items, other than yelling. The brothers told us we did a decent job, gave us each a beer and a bong hit. When we were done our beers, we were able to leave. They gave the backpack to John, and we all left. When we got back to the dorms, John looked at me, and all he said was, It was Tara's. I fucking knew it. What were you highlighting in the book? The misspelled noses. Where? On page 190, right before the final paragraph. Noises against the wall. Oh no. Let me see. Put your noises against the wall. Let's see. <laughs> hey, look at that. I contributed. 
You know what it is? It's because anything in quotes I didn't change. <laughs> so that's so that maybe. that is what might have been said and you guys were talking about mouths? I don't know. Well, we were uh we were uh drinking and smoking, so I mean I guess <laughs> like you always said stuff like that to us, like uh the walls have ears instead of the ears ha- or <laughs> <laughs> the ears have god damn it now i get mixed up even saying it the ears have walls yes instead of the walls have ears yeah that was a good uh, scavenger hunt i can't believe that we got a menu from a bar like when you think about that now like the ability of things that we were able to obtain in a short period of time is amazing yeah that it is pretty impressive october 21st roof football I was in my room, trying to see how loud I could get my speaker system, with some good old earth, wind, and fire. John came over, and asked if I wanted to throw the football around. When I asked him where we were going to play, he said, On the roof, come check this out. I followed John and Evan to the emergency exit at the end of the hallway. It was almost directly outside my room. It led across the flat dorm roof to another emergency exit door. Sure enough, the door was unlocked. It had to have been a mistake. We went outside with Evan and started throwing the football around. It was a lot of fun until we kept having close calls near the edge of the roof. Since there were no guardrails, if we fell, we would have likely died. The last pass for me was when I threw it so close to the edge that when John caught it, he nearly fell off the roof. That was it. I didn't want to kill my friend. I went back inside and told them both to come back inside too. About a minute later, Gina came to my room and asked me to turn my music down. She said that she could hear it two stories down while she was visiting a friend. A.K.A. her lesbian girlfriend. Wow, nice bass then. Yeah, I'll turn it down. I turned my music down and she left. When she left, John and I wiped the sweat off our brows. That would be the last football game we played on the roof if Gina had busted us out there. Can you imagine how much trouble I would have gotten in if that chick came upstairs and told me to turn my music down and three of us are out on the roof playing football? Yeah, that would have been disastrous. So I feel like there's there's a continuity error here. Well, how so? Because of uh, the, the story we're about to go into. Bones and phones? Yeah. How so? Because of when it happened. Well, this was the most accurate information I had at the time. Oh, that's fair. So this this actually occurred a month earlier. I gotcha. Um, in September, because I spent... Well, let's go through the story first. October 21st, Bones and Phones. Eric Davis was skateboarding down the hill by his apartment and fell. The fall was so bad that he broke his femur and couldn't move. He was laying in the middle of the street for a few minutes before some Radford townies came and checked on him. None of them had cell phones to call 911, so Eric had to give them his. Unfortunately for Eric, they couldn't figure out how to use his phone. He tried explaining to them how to call 911, and ultimately ended up calling 911 himself before passing out. When he got out of the hospital, he was in a cast and wheelchair. He told me that I would have to push him around for the rest of the semester and help him get around. Okay, so I spent my 21st birthday in that wheelchair, and my birthday is September 30th. Ah. So this had to have happened on September 21st. 
That sounds likely. What was September twenty first, two thousand four? Or what? I just it just would have been roughly a month before that because I did this right. I just this was right before my birthday. September twenty first, two thousand four was a Tuesday. This was a very traumatic experience in my life too because uh, nobody figured failure, out how to use your phone. The failure. <laughs> Of society, like <laughs> cell, phone, cell phones were pretty new, and I, I get it. They knew were newish. I mean, I had a slide phone, <laughs> um, but yeah, I tried to. I I had the, I handed the guy the cell phone. I'm lying on the ground. My leg is up by my ear, and I'm lying on the ground. And I'm, I, I give this guy my cell phone. I'm like, you got to call nine one one. I said to him first you gotta call 911 he's like I don't have a phone so I hand him my cell phone I'm like please call 911 and he's I don't know how to use this I'm like are you kidding me so so I call 911 and uh, I hand him the phone and he drops it and the battery pops off (sighs) so I put the battery back in the phone I call 911 again I hand him the phone He, he tries to tell them where I am but this happened in an alley so, like, when the ambulance gets there, we can hear them, like, circling the block because they can't find us. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, you got to walk out to the street and flag them down. They're never going to find us. So he walks out and he, he guides them down the alley. And, uh, like, yeah, I was barely coherent. And uh, Chippy and uh, uh, another brother whose name is, is slipping my mind at the moment, they walked like up and found me like that um like on the ground while this this townie was next to me um and like chippy ran into the bushes and threw up <laughs> my leg my foot was like up by my ear it was yeah it, was it sounds like a looney tunes yeah uh so it was it was pretty it was pretty rough um but yeah so yeah i uh i ended up waking up in the hospital after they they put me on a cross action splint and and like separated my bones and like because it was a com- it was a complete complete clean break of my femur, um, so they put me on this splint and separated my bones and put me in the in the in the ambulance and uh, went to the hospital, went into surgery, and when I wake up, the whole fraternity, my mom is in is in the uh, hospital room with me, and uh, that was a really warming thing to experience. Yeah, I bet. Especially with all the morphine going through, it was probably warm as heck. Oh man, I was in so much pain. It was uh, that's the worst physical pain I've ever experienced in my life. Well, the only people that are ever going to know that the continuity error even exists are the ones that listen to this podcast. So they should be like very thankful. (laughs) Easter eggs. Easter freaking eggs. It's not even April. Boom. October twenty fifth. Community serve this. I tried working the community service program through campus. The work was in the Dalton food hall. It required me to clean up behind the scenes for a few hours at a time. The biggest downside was that they required me to tuck my young shaggy hair into a hairnet. It felt more humiliating than hazing, and I hated it. It was a terrible punishment, and there was no way I was going to be able to finish all of my community service there. It lasted a day and I would find another place that was more my style to perform my community service. When I walked out, I said, I won't be back. I don't do hairnets.
And I bet at the time you thought you sounded so cool. At the time, I was so angry, and yes, I did think that I sounded cool. I was, I had I so much hair. hair I don't do hair nets. See you later. Foom, and shoot the hair net at him. October 25th, fucked or fire drill. John, Paul, and I were all smoking weed on the roof outside our dorm window. We were having a great time when the fire alarm went off. We weren't sure if it was just for our room or the entire building. We quickly put all the drug paraphernalia away and got into the halls. Everyone was being evacuated outside. When we got outside, we were relieved to see everyone from the 13-story dorm was outside or coming outside. There were people in only t-shirts, only shorts, towels, pajamas, and us. High as fuck. We thought we had set off the alarm, but it was just a fire drill. That's when we knew we were saved by the bell. This was another close call, smoking weed in the dorms. I don't think, I can't, I unless I smoked with you, I don't think I ever smoked in the dorms. Yeah, I don't think you ever smoked in my dorm room. But I can tell you this, friend, we used to put the bong in the dorm room when it was windy to light it in there, and then we took it outside to smoke it. That's how we thought we set off the fire alarm, and we were like, oh, shit. Like, it's one thing to be prepared in your room, and you can yeah. start putting things away, but when your starting point in the video game is outside on the roof, it makes the level a little bit harder to traverse through. I can only imagine. And that's all we got for this week, folks. Tune in next time. <laughs>